When you meet people, not think what can they do for me, but what can you do for them? Do things for other people. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, I'm excited to introduce you to our newest host that we're bringing on to the team. His name is Slocum Reed, along with myself and Ash. Slocum will be providing value to every interview he does. I've known Slocum for years, and I've watched his portfolio continue to grow. He currently owns and operates 65 units, including converting three units into an office building. So he's an owner-operator. He's coming from certainly a different perspective than I have. I know he's going to bring his expertise and cut through the fluff and get the best real estate investing advice ever for you. So welcome, Slocum Reed. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Slocum Reed. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. And today we have Trevor Thompson with us. How are you doing, Trevor? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me. Trevor is the founder of Niagara Investments LLC, which focuses on apartment syndications. As a GP, he has 240 doors. He's an LP on 17 syndicated deals. He's based in Austin, Texas. Trevor, tell us more about your real estate investing. Yeah, so I started passively investing a little more than four years ago and started doing different types of investments as well. So I'm mostly focused on multifamily, but I've been a little more diverse. So retail, medical center, single family home fund. So quite a bit of different asset classes, just trying to continue to learn. You started passively. When did you start? About four and a half years ago. So I invested in several deals. What were you doing before that? I worked for iFly Indoor Skydiving. I had the coolest job in the world. I worked for them for 20 years. And if you can imagine at our first team meeting, we were all given a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, that's awesome. Fortunately, I did what a lot of people do is I put it on my shelf and went on living my life, forgetting about real estate. Big mistake. Start early. Part of my Rich Dad, Poor Dad story is that I read it right before I got married. I ended up giving a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad to each of my groomsmen and saying, hey, you're getting a tie, but this is the real groomsman gift. I'm going to do this. I don't know how yet, but I'm going to do this and I want you to come with me. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Fast forward several years later, here I am, one of the hosts of this awesome podcast. Yeah, that's amazing. When did you decide to become a GP? It was always sort of in the cards. I wanted to start passively investing, learn a little bit more, try to figure out what was the right things to do and the wrong things to do. And then I decided I was going to become active. And then, of course, this lovely thing called COVID came along and I got furloughed and eventually let go. And I said, well, the world just made the decision for me. I'm going to go do this full time now. So I dove in full time started looking for properties. So it was early 2020 then that you were started being full-time. And then I started looking for properties and trying to find the deal. And I finally now got on one. We're just closing this month actually. And I'm very excited about that. Is this your first deal as general partner? That's correct. Yes. Gotcha. So this is 240 doors. It is. Yes. So a nice place to start. And I did get some experience before. One of the passive investments I was in, which was 176 stores, they were in trouble and they were stretched a bit. 
So while I was furloughed, I volunteered as asset manager to help their asset manager. Then they fired the asset manager, fired the property manager. So here I am self-managing a deep value add, 176 doors in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, oh man, we got to start there, lot. Trevor. <laughs> we got to start there. So you yeah. say that they were in a bit of trouble. First of all, 170 doors. Where is this? That was in San Antonio. In San Antonio. That was a deal that you went into as a limited partner. What was being pitched to you when you decided to invest? What was the trouble? And then how did you get out of it? What had happened was, is, I'll be honest, they underfunded their capital expenditure. They thought they would be able to get out of a particular loan product and into another loan product. And when those two things happened and didn't happen, and then of course, during the pandemic, we had some skips and some other things that happened and we ended up having to renovate more units than we thought we were to try to stabilize. So it was a very challenging time, but at the end of the day, I couldn't have paid for an education like that I got. So I was on the property pretty much every other day. And I was a property manager, so I learned a ton. It was, it was very exciting. Yeah. Oh, so you were actively involved in property management as well. Well, because they fired the property manager, so we mm. self-managed. So right. here I am, a passive investor, volunteered to help, and I'm, now I'm running a property with five team members on the staff. And it was, How is it performing now? It's sold now. Unfortunately, it sold. We didn't make any money, but we didn't lose any money. And again, it was a... Rough deal. Regular phone call to the police. Um, We had actually armed security for three weeks. Just you can learn a lot of lessons when you have a property like that. Gotcha. But I loved turning it around. Without the pandemic, I think we would have been successful. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive Investing investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get 15% off right now with the code BEC15 at besteverconference.com. That's the code BEC15 for 15% off at besteverconference.com. Trevor, it sounds like you were able to swoop in and take a deal that was going into the red and bring it back to break even by getting involved as an asset manager and then as a property manager for a deal that was tanking in part due to COVID. 
you were looking to transition into becoming a GP. So this could have been a great experience for you. It seems like most limited partners, absolute worst nightmare. They want to invest passively. So the idea of getting called into something like this, they wouldn't do it. But based on your experience on the limited partner side in this deal, is there anything about this deal that in hindsight, you realize it wasn't going to go well when you got in? When we first got in, it looked like everything was going well. We got a couple of distributions at the beginning and it was chugging along and they were giving positive reports. But once I got there and started digging into exactly what was happening, it became apparent that we were being misinformed, which is part of the reason why the asset manager was no longer there. And then eventually the property management company, they were showing skips to still occupied and just a few different things that you don't normally think of as a passive investor. But of course, now I became active. That's all I thought about. Yeah. So did the GPs hire a third-party asset manager or was it someone among them? So it was someone who worked for them in an employee type position that they had about 11 properties spread across Texas. So they had someone on their payroll as part of their structure to take care of it. Gotcha. So was any of this foreseeable now that we're looking back at it in hindsight? Definitely. From what I know now, they should have had more money in their CapEx budget to continue the lift. It was a heavy lift and they just didn't have some money. And I think they spent some money at the wrong place. So they bought a really bad property and tried to make the back entrance the main entrance. So they spent a bunch of money fixing up the back entrance, but nobody ever came in the back entrance. Mm. Um, so you, you really didn't change. You weren't fooling anybody that this was a different property. So that was part of it. But the rest of it was, I think they underestimated just how big of a lift it was going to be. Gotcha. Is there anything now that you realize you could have seen in their prospectus? Definitely question that it was a C-class property. I believe it was a D. They clearly said it was a C. And again, that's a fine line, right? There's no magic formula to that fine line. And then now when I look at new PPMs and I look at new deals that I've been on, I know a lot more, right? When I first invested in this and somebody said, we're going to spend $4,000 a door, I thought, oh, that's a lot of money. But I found out on a deep value add, $4,000 door is not a money. That's, that's, a, that's nothing. almost a light turn. That's so, barely a labor bid with no materials. Yeah. And then it was interesting because I had another reaction, actually. The next investment I made was in an A-plus property because I thought, okay, I'm not going <laughs> to do this again. And that one, I actually got to do some volunteer work. And too, you got to remember, I asked for all of this. I volunteered. I begged that. Yes. I really wanted to learn and I had this opportunity with a schedule that was fluid and then being furloughed. So I really wanted to take advantage of it. And even on the A-class property, they bought it and it wasn't a smart community. So I spent my own time and energy researching to convert it to a smart community with the locks and the thermostats and the Mm, access points. And my theory always was as a passive investor that I wanted to earn and learn. So part of the reason why I'm invested in several different types of asset classes. So here in Austin, we're converting apartments to condominiums and selling them. Same story, you could buy an underperforming apartment complex 
start your plan and it's going great till there's a non-eviction moratorium and now you can evict. But thank goodness the real estate market in Austin is insane and that saved that project. They're getting almost 40% more per unit when they're turning the apartments now into condos than they were pre-pandemic. When did you get actively involved in the San Antonio deal, the 170 unit? January 15th, 2020. So, and that's when you went active. So that was pre-COVID. Yeah. And I was in the deal for about 13 months before that. The deal had been going along for about 13 months and we'd received a couple of dividend payments. They weren't substantial, but there was some cash flow coming there. And then again, then I wanted to become more active. So I started that in January and then shortly thereafter, I was full property manager I had a flexible schedule and then all of a sudden I got furloughed. So I had a very flexible schedule and was able to do more. Trevor, thinking about you more actively as an asset manager and a property manager, the boots on the ground, how did your team react to all of the changing variables that came with COVID? I'm thinking specifically mid-March, you have the stock market hiccup and then it's labeled a pandemic by the World Health Organization. I know in Ohio, our shelter in place started on March 27th. So right there in that mid to late March and moving forward, how did you guys react and adapt to the challenges posed by COVID? It was very interesting at the beginning, just like everybody, we froze and thought, okay, we'll kind of freeze for a month, close the office, forward the telephones, have a mailbox for rents, and it's going to all end. And then once we realized it wasn't going to end and we started running other things, I would stop on the drive from Austin to San Antonio at every Target or Walmart to see if I could buy disinfectant. And then we put the glass shields up in the office right away. We did a lot of things. We started. Trevor, I know as an owner operator, my thought at this time, especially when the idea of an eviction moratorium came looming, I had some C-class properties at the time. I still do. And I remember thinking to myself, that a bunch of my tenants are getting laid off and they're all learning from the news that if they don't pay rent, they won't get evicted. Plus the stimulus payments and things like that had not yet come into effect. They were just being spoken about by politicians, but no people were getting any of that money yet. Particular to that circumstance, how did you guys adapt? What we tried to do was work with the people that were trying to pay. So we would really work with the people that were trying to pay. So a couple of people maybe were three months behind. So we would say, listen, if you could pay this much, we would forgive this much. So we started out with a $100 discount and then a $200 discount. And then the people that were trying, we started accepting 50, 60, 75 cents on the dollar, depending on what we thought we could get, just to keep the cash flow coming in. And then, of course, once rent relief came, it it fixed that problem a lot. And it's an interesting story, though, because the mindset of these tenants is completely different. So when the big relief checks came, I actually counted 28 big screen TV boxes at the dumpster. So 28 people that probably weren't paying their rent went and bought a big 60-inch TV, and it was 
mind-boggling. We'll get back to the show in a few minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll get some value in learning more about. How are you doing on your goals this year, whether it's planning for your goals or whether it's executing on those goals? I imagine one of them has to do with financial freedom, taking control of your finances. And I can tell you that is a possibility with the next one to three years using a proven system created by my friend, Michael Blanc. He's got the program Deal Maker Mentoring. Here are some of his students who have been in the program and what they've accomplished. Melanie McDaniel, she closed her first 24-unit joint venture deal and is now pivoting to become full-time in the industry. Within five months of joining, Cheryl Groovy from Atlanta, she had a 34-unit deal under contract, and she partnered with two other deal-maker mentoring students, and together they raised $700,000. And Brian Briscoe, he said thanks to deal-maker mentoring, he had the opportunity to accelerate his timeline and go after much bigger deals than he would have on his own. If you are ready to commit to achieving your dreams this year and you've been thinking about getting into multifamily, well, text the word Joe to 66866. Again, that's the word Joe. You know how to spell my name, right? J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. I've been a landlord for coming on eight years now. And at every point that I have been a landlord and the owner of my tenants' apartments, I've had at least one tenant with a nicer car and more than half of my tenants have a nicer TV than I do, to your point. The vast majority of best ever listeners, Trevor, are not actively involved in the day-to-day of property management and their deals because they're either LPs or they're GPs operating on finding deals and formulating business plans and then hiring a PM to do those things. That's a perspective that a lot of our listeners don't have is having to be the boots on the ground in a moment like that. Not that anything like that is coming soon. No one's projecting another new pandemic in 2022 or anything like that, but it's still a helpful thing for people to hear. Let's hear more about the deal you said you're about to close on, the 240 doors. Where is that? That's also in San Antonio. Much better location within the city and a much better asset. It's a it's a strong B asset with a little bit more love and care. It can be a really 
solid property in the area. So I'm very excited to be able to be part of that deal. I think it's going to be a little more fun because we're well-funded. We've got a good CapEx budget. We've got a realistic plan and the property, we want to take it to the next level, right? It's stuck in the 80s and it needs just that freshen up. And so I'm very excited to be able to do another property like this that I can see it in my mind that the success happening because it's pretty easy to turn little funny yellow buildings into a really nice place to stay. They don't have a dog park. They don't have a barbecue and they have in-room washer and dryers or an apartment, pardon me, but with much nicer ones, we can provide a really good experience for the tenants. Nice place to live. That's awesome. You said this was going to be a fun deal. You definitely sound like someone who's having fun, Trevor. Yeah, I love what I do. It's very interesting. My whole life, I've been able to be what I'm going to refer to as passion projects. I worked for Ripley's Believe It or Not, Guinness World of Records, and I fly indoor skydiving. How many people have that kind of an exotic, bizarre upbringing? And now I'm so passionate about it now. I'm really excited about to be able to go to a place and make it a better place to live for people. It just oddly excites me so much that I just can't wait to have it happen. Yeah, you know, apartment investing feels a lot like my job, but real estate's also my hobby. I have the big project I'm working on, but I also end up having a couple of little projects that will be lucrative, but are also for fun. So I totally get where you're coming from. So let me ask, you already have experience as an asset and property manager in San Antonio. Are you going to do it yourself this time? I won't do it all. I'm the asset manager. I'm the one partner that is in Texas. And that was a role I sought out. That's what I want to do. I'm a strange guy that I love running businesses and I love incremental improvements. And that's all asset manager is, right? My whole life, I opened new businesses or took over businesses and improved them and made them a better place for customers to be, for people to work at. And the end result, of course, is great returns for investors when you can do the, when you do the first few right. That's awesome. Trevor, what do you particularly excel at? What do you thrive at doing? So I'm a networker and a connector. I love networking and connecting people. And then, like I said, the strange thing that I love incremental improvements. I'm okay with a half a percent a week, a quarter percent a week, because if you keep up that pressure, someone once told me, right, if you could be 1% better every day at the end of the year, you're 365% better. And again, what is property asset management other than that, right? It's just every day making something a little bit better and being happy with those small wins because they compound like crazy. Totally. I know I've had some shifting within my own management company. So I'm doing all of my own showings now temporarily. And it's hard to remember when you're getting no-showed at a C-class apartment that your occupancy rate's actually improving on a deal that you bought that was value add. It, it is really powerful to see that incremental growth for sure. Trevor, are you ready for our best ever lightning round? Okay, I'm ready. Awesome. What is the best ever book you've recently read? The best department syndicating book, best ever. In fact, I got it on Audible about four years ago and I listened to it twice a year because it's that good. <laughs> yeah, and there's um, so much in it. It's so much in it. Every time, you know, and I've been doing a lot, learning a lot. Every time I listen to it, I learn something. Every time. Totally. What's your best ever way to give back? 
I like to find people that are new in the space and just started in real estate. I look for those kind of people and then try to connect them to other people. I love connecting and helping people that are also passionate about learning about real estate. Gotcha. And what is your best ever advice? My best ever advice is to when you meet people, not think what can they do for me, but what can you do for them? Do things for other people. There's a book called The Giver, and it's an amazing book, and it just talks about paying everything forward. Trevor, where can people get in touch with you? The best thing is at my email address, which is KTT, which are my initials, at niagara-investments.com. And the Niagara is because I'm originally from Niagara Falls, Canada. I'm Canadian originally. I guess I'm still a Canadian. <laughs> Great. Well, best ever listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this with someone who you believe needs the best real estate investing advice ever. Thank you and have a best ever day.